All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! The moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. (laughs) 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. They've also got a retail location in Surrey, so be sure to check out Zephyr Epic, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, lots of fun stuff. The best part about Zephyr Epic is they ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... From Duncan, Vancouver Island City. Ever heard of Duncan? You told me to avoid uh, girls from Duncan back in the day. I'll tell you what, Duncan, you know what the best part about Duncan is? Yeah. When you drive through it. That's what you told me. Yeah. From we Duncan, probably have listeners in Duncan. We do. Nice. I've seen the Yeah, I've seen the numbers. But it's fine. They know. Uh, from Duncan to Dunville. Duncan to Dunville. Dunville, Ontario. Population, 12,000. Nice little uh, little city there. What's the difference between a town and a city? You ever, you ever know this? Well, isn't is it, it just the, lower population is that what no it Boston is? pizza? Is there a number that like turns you from a town to a city? I really don't know. People, I used to say, because I used to call everything a city. And then they're like, oh, no, that's not a city. That's just a town. Anyway, do, you, okay. do you know the answer? No, but let me tell you more about Dunville. South Ontario, very south Ontario. This is going deep. It's uh, cutting down in the deep parts of Ontario. Dunville is the home of the Mudcast Festival, Quads. You know what the Mudcast Festival entails? No. It's got a parade. It's got a strongman competition. Wow. And fireworks you seen these strongman competition i have you know what what's your favorite event i've these? watched i've watched the sports channels at two in the morning yeah for, what's people. your what's your favorite one your favorite event at the uh, strongman? probably the log chopping i think that's so sick that's not the same that's a log competition is a completely different one no 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 no, no. so what they do is they, there's two of them and they'll it, it's like a tag team competition where they have a huge saw and one's holding yeah no this is a lumber that's the lumberjack competitions isn't that the same thing? No, the strongman is a... That's where they lift really heavy things and like do crazy stuff at the strongman. I swear they cut logs. No, the lumberjack's the- a different one. And the lumberjack's huge up in Squamish. That's like the, the home of the lumberjack competition. Wow. Home of Sunny Chivas. I like too. those too. I like the, the lumberjack. But no, the strongman competition, my favorite one is they... Uh, they got these barrels. These uh, kind of, they look like kegs, I guess, right? Oh, now and I know. And they do the okay, keg toss. And yes, they yes. toss them over the bar sometimes. Like that, over the back of their heads. One. Yeah. That one, and then all the stuff that they do with like picking up semis and dragging them, or like pulling a semi up a airplanes hill. on runways. Yeah, that stuff's all awesome. Anyways, have you that's... seen the guy on the Guinness Book World Records that like hooked the airplane to his chest and just walked? You're and touching then... your nipples. Are you saying nipples? Yeah, yeah. he pulled a, a airplane by his nipples. Yeah, by his nipples. No, I haven't seen that. I like you said, your two AM stuff that you're watching is a little <laughs> bit different than mine. Um, but yeah, Mudcast so Festival. I found strongly. an answer of what makes a, ci- a town a city. Okay, so a city is a large urban area with a greater geographical area, higher population, population density is more developed than a town. Town is an urban area with a larger area than a village, but is smaller than a city. So what the heck? That doesn't tell us. So much. it doesn't tell you the numbers. So you can kind of just decide then. Yeah, like what's a city? What's a town? Like maybe Ladner's a town. You know, well, I'm thinking Delta. Like, I'm thinking my island stuff like Port Alberni has a decent amount of people, but it doesn't feel like a big city. It feels like more of a town because it's pretty spread out as well. So I don't know. So I think Port Alberni is a city, right? It's but big uh, the to town would be the thing that's 20 minutes north of Port Alberni that nobody's heard of. Mm. If you have a WHL team, you're a city. 
Okay. Right? Or yeah, a PCHL team? Well, yeah, Salmon Arms is city. We have listeners in Salmon Arm. We've got quite a few listeners in Salmon Arm. Yeah, and we just lost a bunch of Duncan, so hopefully we get more in <laughs> Salmon Arm. Uh, so other stuff about Dunville. There's a lot. I told you, this is a good city. I was telling you before we got going here. They already got that Mudcast Festival. Also home, born and raised in Dunville, Pete DeBoer. Wow. The, uh, recently fired coach by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And here's an NHL player you probably heard, haven't heard of in a while, Nathan Horton. As well from Dunville, Ontario. So uh, nice little little city there. Twelve thousand. I'm going to call that a city. I think like ten thousand should make you a city because ten thousand people is a pretty good amount. What's right? The, what's, what do you think the population of Salmon Arm is? I don't know, but this is everyone's favorite segment here, where I stall and talk, and you Google something, and you you use one well, take finger. A guess. To, you think you think ten thousand? Honestly, is a city. I I have no idea where I don't even know where Salmon Arn is. I don't know how many people Salmon live there. Arm Arm. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. You said Arn. Whatever. Salmon Arm. I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen thousand. No, I don't know. As of twenty sixteen, which we've evidently found out at the last consensus. Or census, not yeah. consensus. What you a know tire what's a, fire this started. Well, and you know what? I, I heard your energy off the top of the episode, and I was thinking, yeah, this is what happens when we record before 9 in the morning. Look, both I little- even said to you, I said, can I go get a nice coffee from McDonald's? And I said, or would you rather I just come straight to the studio? And you said, I'm here. Come to the studio. So I did. This is what you get. All right. Well, I'm we'll still get fired up. Get. I had an espresso this morning. Wait till you hear this DoorDash read. Okay. Oh, yeah. We got to get to there. Yeah, we do. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code ConvoDD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, ConvoDD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Now, I got to talk to you about these chips, Chris. No, first, I got the DoorDash situation here. We got, listen, good little deal. ConvoDD, get on there if you never used DoorDash before. But we need a second deal. They got these things now. You can order, you get $25 of McDonald's on DoorDash. You get a free Big Mac right now. When Where are we getting that code? I'm pretty sure McDonald's has a greater reach than we do. I think they they really? give the good promo codes to them. Tell that to our North Van listeners. We do <laughs> we do well in North Van. We do extremely well in we North Van. We need the $3 Van. deal because you can't get that on the DoorDash app. You got to go in person and get the game day deal. We should oh, have a DoorDash right. A DoorDash game day deal. That's what we should work out for. And next as year. we found out, the game day deal is with the Oilers as well in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any Oilers game day. So if you're really smart, <laughs> you fly from Vancouver to Edmonton right. on a non Canucks game day and an Oilers game day. There and you boom, go. $3 Big Mac. Boom. No onions, extra sauce. There Sign you go. me up. Extra source. There you go. Uh, also, someone reached out. Yep. <laughs> so the sauce source thing apparently is a very old meme. And. I had not heard of this before. He he said it was like 2004 was the mm-hmm. first use of it. Do you know about this? Yeah, I did some research. Okay. So you did your own research. So, it, I, I, as I do. So, sauce, if someone would say something crazy on the internet, you would say sauce, question mark, as in like, what's your source on this? This is unbelievable. So, sauce and source uh, were used interchangeably long before we or the competitive eater that we talked about in the last episode ever did. Well, it's interchangeable for us as well, so... It is glad to keep the meme going. Yeah. Okay. I got to ask you uh, before before we get go here because we're clo- nearing that ten minute mark, which is where we have to start talking about hockey. But got to ask you. You posted these lace chips, these combo chips. I was in oh. Safeway with the girlfriend, and I said, "Hey, we got to get these. Mm. If not for us, for Faber." And I kid you not. Like half an hour later, we 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 get back to my place, and you're posting a tweet about you're coming home with me, and it's a picture of these chips. So. It's Lay's dill pickle 
And what is the other thing that's combined so it's, with? It's a com- yeah combination flavor of Lay's dill pickle with the Smart Pop white cheddar. And then the other one is Lay's ketchup with Cheetos cheddar. And I'll tell you what. <sighs> hate to do it, but, you know, because I like my Lay's. Here's the damn problem. What I was thinking was like, oh, a combination flavor. They're going to have like the the amount of regular, you know, seasoning. What do you call it? Little, you know, flavors on the on the chip. They're going to add more. It's going to add more of like they're going to add a bunch of white cheddar flavor. What it feels like they did was cut the flavoring in half and add the other half. So you're basically getting like what it basically what I thought they were was diet chips. They tasted like the stuff that you'd get <laughs> it at one of these health food stores where it's missing a lot of the flavor. It was like a 50 50. So you're getting a little bit of dill pickle and a little bit of white cheddar, but not enough to make a good flavor. They, both flavors let me down big time. The ketchup well, one, especially that one, like. That one was really bad. The, the dill pickle white cheddar was like, all right. Like, if you are going to try these chips, go with the dill pickle and white cheddar one because there's like a little bit of flavor. But think about Smart Pop, how much white cheddar flavor there is on these on these uh, popcorns. They're excellent. Like, it's, I think that's one of the best. I know it's popcorn, but, you know, like in the snack and chip realm, that's one of the most well-seasoned snacks I think you can have. The white cheddar popcorn does an excellent mm. job. And they didn't have any of that going on with these lace chips. So just a major letdown. I was so excited when I saw them in the store. I got three bags for nine bucks. Shout out to that Walmart deal. But you know what? I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I got about three quarters through the bag of uh, ketchup chips. And I was like, well, these aren't very good. So I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, can I just can I just like throw these out and go straight to the uh, dill pickle one? And she's like, um, if you want. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm an adult. I'm going to throw out this quarter bag of chips because it's not very good. And now I have another full bag of chips of this ketchup and cheddar. Really let down. I wanted like double the flavor, you know, like a good amount of, uh, I, I don't know the word to say, seasoning, seasoning on your chips. Am I saying like that sounds right, right? Yeah. I wanted like a double amount of seasoning. I just got a regular amount with half and half. It wasn't good. That's it was disgusting. a huge letdown. All right. You spent two minutes talking about those chips, but I, I did want to say it feels like every time I'm at Safeway. I pick up some gross snack and then my girlfriend says, you're not, you're not getting that. Yeah. And then I get it anyway. And then I get you a bag too. Yeah. No, I got a bag of spits right here too. Or yeah. uh, bigs, 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 the Taco Bell taco seasoning, uh, sunflower, sunflower seeds. seeds. Excited for that. Hey, yeah. quick shout out as well. Adam Ingram's supposed to join the show. Uh, he's got a, some, something to do with his, uh, his university, uh, today. So he won't be able to join us on this show, but I've uh, been watching a lot of clips of this kid. Really like his shot. Like his shot is a is one of the is definitely a first round talent. There's other parts of his game that probably need to be uh, worked out, but we'll chat with him soon. Maybe on the weekend show, or you might just bank that one uh, for next week. Because I think we have a guest already for Friday. Yeah, we've got an exciting guest for Friday. That Actually, we're I think reveal. we're banking a couple of prospect interviews. We have uh, an exciting Canucks prospect uh, joining the show as well in the next couple days here. So we're excited for that. Okay, fun. All right. We'll get into some Canucks talk here. Uh, we're reaching the 13-minute mark, which isn't great. But Scott Walker, Chris. Scott Walker did an interview yesterday on Canucks Central with Satyar Shaw and Dan Riccio, our co-workers, uh, even though I just show up to that station and look pretty for one weekend at a time and then go home. But Scott Walker does an interview with these two gentlemen. And 
you know, he spoke about his decision to leave the Canucks. If you haven't heard already, Scott Walker, who was hired alongside Bruce Boudreaux, this is Bruce Boudreaux's only hire on the coaching staff, the only member of the coaching staff uh, who was there that wasn't there when Travis Green was still the coach. This is Boudreaux's boy. Um, you saw the emotion in Boudreaux's voice when Scott Walker took that puck to the head uh, on January 21st against Florida, the Florida Panthers and was out for a bit, you know, struggling with various issues, including vertigo, uh, you know, obviously landed on the COVID protocol list is basically as soon as that happened as well, which was just super unfortunate. Tough couple of days for the Tough guy. Tough couple Louise. of days for Scott Walker. Uh, but Scott Walker has left the organization. Canucks let go of video coach Kyle Gustafson and Daryl Seward as well. I got to give a quick shout out to Darren Seward as well. He used to be a forklift driver with me out. Uh, <laughs> I thought I got the name wrong. No, you're, gotta, you're shouting on forklift drivers? No, well, Darren, he used to always bring, uh, he would bring a 12 pack of donuts every day to work at the mill. And uh, he'd have about six of them. I hope he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, man. Darren um, Seward. Yeah. Good, good dude. Fantastic. So Scott Walker, uh, short tenure with the Canucks this time around. Obviously, he was with the organization from 2015 to 2019 uh, in a player development role, but now uh, out from the organization back home in Guelph. Uh, it was a it's Guelph, right? Yeah, Guelph. All right, whatever. You screwed that up a couple times, I but have. I haven't called you out for it. Whatever. Okay. So he's back home in Guelph. Uh, he did talk about how it was a family decision for him to leave the organization. Uh, you know, kind of talked about a few things, including how he didn't have a contract for the first three weeks of him working uh, for the Canucks, which was very funny. But eventually he got one. He did get paid. Uh, and from what we can gather, Chris, his deal was structured similar to Bruce Boudreaux, where it was a two-year deal, but there was a club and coach option uh, at the end of this season. And Evidently, the Canucks wanted to have him back, and it was up to Scott not to come back. And um, you have to assume he also had that June 1st deadline. Maybe it was sooner. We really don't know for sure. Um, but he did talk about how he just couldn't give the Canucks an answer in time, uh, and that was why he had to uh, depart the organization and just wasn't willing to commit, he said. Uh, daughter's finishing high school, getting ready to go to university. Son is 19 years old. Those are key years you want to be around your kids uh, around those times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's his decision to to go with it. And I think that's you know smart decision for a family man. He's going to be able to spend some time with his family back out east and and set it up. It's too bad. I think things didn't probably go the way that he wanted. You mentioned those few days that he had getting the puck in the head, everything that he had to deal with with that on top of having COVID. So I'm not saying that like that's the reason why he stopped, but it might have played a part into his making that decision as well. But you bring up the family stuff as well, and I think that. Uh, I found it interesting, like a lot of the people I've heard talked about this, I know that uh, Sat was talking about this on 650, about he doesn't think that this is like the end, finally, for Scott Walker and the Vancouver Canucks. Like the Canucks really like the hockey mind of Scott Walker, apparently, and could be something like down the road that he might end up helping with, or maybe he stays on like down the road into something with maybe scouting out East or whatever it is. I, I just, the way that I've kind of heard people talk about this uh, that are in the know seem to think that there is, you know, a good relationship there between the Canucks and Walker and that you might see him in some form uh, contribute to this organization down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The last thing I want to say about Scott Walker, this interview, are you talking about this? Okay. Taj's tweet. Are you going to bring up Taj's tweet here? Cause this was, is this really what was said in the, inter I didn't listen to the interview. Okay. So in full, I, but the tweet from Taj of him being like ripping on analytics so is what, wild. The quote you're talking about is Walker said, I was totally against analytics and hockey. I mean, show me an analytical team. That's won the Stanley cup. Obviously the Tampa Bay lightning the last two years. And yes. now it's hard to say any team in the league isn't an analytic team because 
all of them have an analytics. I was department. gonna say, find me a team that doesn't use any analytics at all, even if it's just like checking and out the course. Heavy on the analytics, yeah. right? So Tampa's one two, looking for their third. Obviously, we'll get to that later. We're gonna talk some playoff hockey, but. He then said, people would say our analytics weren't great when we were in Vancouver, but we were winning games. You're nine games over 500. Yeah, and 12 games over 500. That's the only analytics I care about in life. Damn. Maybe this guy's on to something. Got to tell you. I'm just joking. Uh, so so obviously like, that what, quote, what you call it? Old school reporting? Yeah. Couple old, wins, that's good enough. Couple wins, that's good enough. <laughs> All right. So Scott Walker... Uh, <laughs> in that comment and i don't think anybody really knew that he was anti-analytics like that so that made a few people just say oh this guy's leaving the organization all right uh all the best to scott walker yep. though uh in his future endeavors for shout sure. out to taj just blowing up uh, yeah taj taj with the tweet getting it out fast boy's quick that boy is quick okay uh, i did a story today chris I wrote a story today. Can Good you believe you. it? Can you believe it? JT Miller's trade value. Uh, we. I don't know if we spoke about this in the last episode. I don't think we did because the report came out Friday evening. Let's from be Satyar honest, Quads. Every single episode, there's a little bit of JT Miller trade talk. Yeah, I'm well, pretty sure. Well, the the, the main <laughs> it's the thing off is the main thing is that Satyar Shaw of Sportsnet 650 spoke about uh, the the offer that the New York Rangers made. At the deadline, this is an offer that I, I've confirmed this was made sometime in January. Uh, so it's a pre-trade deadline offer. It's not like right at the deadline. They're like, we got to make this trade. This was an offer that was extended to the Canucks in January that they said no. From what I can gather, this is the best offer the Canucks got from the Rangers. Uh, I, again, I, I'd be speaking out of my rear if I said I knew every trade offer that they got for JT Miller. But this was one that you know, we confirmed came in January. Uh, and again, Sat doesn't need anybody to fact check him, but I, I thought it'd be good to. Um, so Sat was basically saying the, the trade was basically um, Niels Lundqvist, who's a 22 year old right shot defenseman, smooth skating, undersized a bit at just 5'10", but plays a really good offensive game. Now, I think the reason the Canucks kind of looked at this and said, we're not going to do this is because, a, we could get a similar offer, if not a better one, in the offseason. And B, we don't really love the the trade package. We don't love the fact that Nils Lundqvist is the defenseman we're getting back. Who, By all means, Nils Lundqvist is a good defenseman. Like I'm not trying to crap on Nils Lundqvist here. It's just it's similar to the whole philosophy with JT Miller, and that's he's a great player, but he doesn't fit the Canucks window uh, when he's looking for an extension that just doesn't make sense for the Canucks to sign. It makes sense for another team that's maybe going all in. And like Rutherford kind of pointed out in one of the interviews he did, you want those three years, the value you get there to maybe offset the final three years of a six year contract or what have you. So that's something to consider. But anyways, Nils Lundqvist, uh, Philip Heedle, who's, you know, uh, the Rangers third line center, 22 years old check forward does a pretty good job, but doesn't put up a ton of points, right? You have to assume he'd be better than Jason Dickinson now and long term. But anyways, uh, and a first round pick, which would be a mid to late first round pick. Uh, and then obviously, um, Kraftsov, Vitaly Kraftsov, who yeah. hasn't played with the Rangers this season. He's stayed in the KHL, so that's a, that would be more of a sweetener. But that was uh, that was the trade package. Um, and the main thing to take from it is that the Rangers were not offering Braden Schneider in the trade. Yeah, that's the big thing is you need that that right D that has a potential to be a top pairing guy with Quinn Hughes. I think that's something that needs to be the, like to me, that's more valuable than the first round pick that you're going to get 
uh, in the trade to any team that you're going to be dealing with. Like that's why it makes so much sense to go with, you know, one of these teams like the LA, the LA Kings is obviously the good example of having so many right D prospects and for the Rangers to move. I think it does take Schneider and to think that like that was a deal that was turned down kind of just shows to me like how, how highly valued JT Miller is from Jim Rutherford and, and Patrick Alvine, who, you know, Patrick Alvine's probably the one making this decision in the end. I know we bring up Rutherford all the time and, and the way he talked about it, but it's probably the general manager making this decision with help, of course, from the rest of his management group. But to see that they turned down that type of offer, which feels like a good amount of players coming back, you mentioned it like Lundquist is a, a pretty highly valued prospect guy who definitely has top four potential uh, as well as a player who can get on your roster, a prospect and a first round pick like that's, that's a really good return, it sounds like. To think that that was turned down, it is going to be interesting to see how this whole situation plays out and how much better a deal that actually gets done is for the Vancouver Canucks because that deal sounds... like I'm not saying I would do that deal in a second because I do think that you mentioned it. like The the player that you want to get back, in my eyes, is the guy who's going to play with Quinn Hughes for the rest of Quinn Hughes' contract and hopefully longer. But that's a really good deal that was turned down. So once I heard that this was turned down, the investigative reporting uh, instincts took off. So mm-hmm. I started reaching out to different scouts, uh, different league execs, one of whom I got on the record, anonymous, of course. But um, I was speaking to one scout who said that a lot of teams value Niels Lundqvist higher than Braden Schneider. Like in the sense of this guy can play, Niels Lundqvist, this guy can play on a first pair and quarterback first power play unit. And Braden Schneider can't. And that's the way people kind of value it. And they say Braden Schneider is probably a 3-4. A Blunkfist is probably a 2-3. Now, I think the reason that the Canucks aren't looking at that and saying, we got to get this guy is, okay, well, we have a first power play quarterback, right? Like, they have that quarterback. Oliver ekman Larson's probably not going anywhere for a long time. But Braden Schneider, that's a guy who can go play with Quinn Hughes. And I think that's kind of how the Canucks are looking at it, is they're saying, okay, maybe he's... You know, to other teams, he's a top four, but Luke Shen's a six seven to most teams, and he's playing on your top pair with Quinn Hughes. So I think the Canucks are hoping for something similar with Braden Schneider. Again, bigger defenseman, Saskatchewan boy. Quinn Hughes has had success with Saskatchewan boys. Uh, so Braden Schneider is apparently the target that the Canucks really want. So when I heard that they turned this down, not only did I reach out to that scout, the league executive that I reached out to, uh, who obviously remained anonymous, uh, not affiliated with the Canucks, I wanted to mention because that would be very funny if I just reached out to Jim Rutherford. I was like, Jim, you want to go anonymous and tell me what you do? Uh, yeah, I didn't, get any, didn't no. get any DMs the other week when I asked for, <laughs> for Alvin to DM me. For Alvin to DM you? Nothing. Uh, okay, so uh, not affiliated with Canucks said, getting a potential top pairing defenseman is the key to getting a fair return. A mid-round first could be a bust, and Heedle is an okay piece, but not great. Schneider, Heedle, and a first is probably what's necessary, and I think even adding a second-round pick is required. Miller is one of the top players in the game. It has to be a haul, and even if it is, the Canucks still may lose the trade. And that last part, Chris, the fact that even if it's a haul, the Canucks still may lose the trade, I think that's what's giving a lot of fans pause, right? Because when you say, okay, let's look at that first package, which you called a great deal, you're bringing in Nils Lundqvist, you're bringing in Philip Heedle, and you're bringing in a first. You have to hope your scouting department finds you a good prospect with that first round pick. And remember, it's a mid to late first round pick, so it's not going to be great for sure. You got to make sure that you draft well when you have that pick. Philip Heedle is a bottom six forward, right? 
He's not going to play over Elias Pettersson. He's not going to play over Bo Horvat. So you're really paying for a young third-line center who you hope can continue to take similar steps uh, to what we've seen from him so far in his early career. Niels Lundqvist not really setting the AHL on fire. Less points than Jack Rathbone, right? So if that's what you're trading for, all of a sudden it's looking risky because you're trading a 99-point forward for all that. It's not a horrible return. It's not a return that I think the Canucks should be scoffing at, which I don't think they were, to be clear. I think they actually might accept a similar offer in the offseason. But ultimately, it was one that at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline in January when the Canucks were going on this heater uh, and winning games out of nowhere and making the late postseason push seemingly out of nowhere, they weren't going to trade their leading score for that. But in the offseason, maybe things are different. Uh, I think ultimately, the Canucks are hoping for a bigger package uh, in the offseason. And it's also going to depend, that first-round pick that's going to be at this year's draft for the Rangers, if the Rangers end up winning this series, they don't have their first-round pick at this draft, which would be interesting to see what the Canucks might want to value a, a 2023 draft pick, and maybe that's something that they're interested in. But then at the same time, does do the Rangers want to give up back-to-back years first round picks also. So like there, there is an interesting situation. If Carolina ends up winning, uh, then the Rangers end up keeping that first round pick because they don't have to trade it off to Winnipeg in the cop deal. Uh, because the part of it is like Andrew cop needs to play 50% of the games. He's played like every game for the Rangers, maybe missed one, but anyways, he's played way more than 50% of the games. They just need to win two series. Uh, and then they end up having to give up or not give up the first uh, round pick if they end up losing. So that's kind of what you kind of hope. And then that first round pick could definitely be in play for a guy like JT Miller and be the piece that kind of rounds out what the Canucks want. And ultimately it sounds like Braden Schneider is the guy that brings up. Cause like you mentioned it with, you know, looking at Niels Lundqvist, like he, his highest potential, the highest potential he could get is like a for, like a top pairing guy who fits with a good defensive guy and plays on a top pairing. That's like the highest potential. But the Canucks just, that wouldn't fit well with the Canucks because you can't bring him into play with Quinn Hughes on your top pairing. Like the way that he would be able to to hit the top of his potential would be like being OEL's partner moving forward, which, you know, maybe isn't the worst thing. If the Canucks can move on from Tyler Myers and move into like a, a better position, position player to play with Quinn Hughes that isn't Luke Shen, like another type of upgraded version of Luke Shen to be with Quinn Hughes. So like that, that could be something that works down the road for the Canucks. Like Lundqvist might be a nice fit on a pairing with OEL. Like that could really work out actually, but it would be interesting to see what the deal ends up looking like with Schneider included, how much less is it and how much the Canucks just valued that type of player. Like, is it all about getting Quinn Hughes's partner? Is that what this trade for JT Miller is all going to be about? Because that should be the big piece, but is it that important to think that you're getting less value just to get that type of player? That's a really good point. Elliot Friedman went on Donnie and Dolly and talked about JC Miller a bit. We have the clip uh, from our friends at Donnie and Dolly. Do you think they refer to us as their friends? Like, are we friends with Don Taylor and Rick Dollywall? Uh, I don't know. They call you Squadrelli all the time. Yeah, Dollywall can't get my name right, so I guess that answers that. I think we're friends with them, yeah. I think we're friends. I text I text with Dollywall often. I text with Dollywall. I text with uh, Taylor sometimes, but it's mostly yep. about food in North Burnaby. Yeah, no, I talked to talked to Donnie on Monday. Which, by the way, you know, growing up watching Don Taylor on TV, that's so cool that I get to do that. It's like kind of a trip. Very yeah. underrated part of my job is getting to be 
kind of friends with Don Taylor. Yeah. Well, we haven't decided if we're friends or not. They're friends of ours. <laughs> we'll ask them. We'll ask them. Yeah. Next time they're on the show, we'll ask This is them. a friend of ours. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the uh, Elliot Friedman clip. This is what he had to say uh, about the Miller extension and how it's going to be a tough thing to do for the Vancouver Canucks. Elliot, pretty quiet with the Canucks, uh, but they do got to uh, do Besser. They got to do, you know, Miller's going to be a big one this summer. Uh, are you hearing anything out of Vancouver right now? It's it's quiet. I, I think that they've been trying to get do some preliminary negotiations. Like, I, I don't get the sense that there's anything close or anything like that, but I do think they've been talking to all their people about, you know, what they're looking at and, and what they're potentially thinking about here. You know, like... Like one team, you you take a look at a team like Florida, for example, and, you know, the way they lost, does it change what they think they need? Right. You know, and I think that's the other thing that Vancouver's kind of been waiting for here is, and some other teams too, um, is that when a team loses the way Florida just did or a team loses the way Toronto did, do you sit there and say, we need to change our group and we need to do some special, some specific things? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's going to be a factor. I think the Miller extension is, is going to be a, a tough thing to do. Um, you know, I also wonder about, you know, in, uh, New Jersey. I, I, like, New Jersey is a team that I, I have often felt will be interesting to watch this summer because I do think they want to take a step. And they've been a team that's talked with the Canucks before. Um, but I think as more of these teams go out, uh, I, I think that you're going to see some enhanced conversations about what the Canucks are going to do and what their direction is going to be. Really interesting stuff from Elliot Friedman there. Uh, kind of points to the idea of Miller's value being higher in the offseason, right? Like teams get a chance to kind of evaluate everything. They get a chance to see what went wrong for them in the playoffs. I know Taj every time, and we keep mentioning him. Guy, guy Big is, episode. Guys got to start sponsoring the show, but you know, every time a team's eliminated, Taj is tweeting out that they made a mistake by not trading for JT Miller. <laughs> um, and, and while that's that's a joke, obviously, it's true to some extent that a lot of teams are going to look at it and say, oh boy, what what if we had JT Miller? Um, that's that's super interesting to think about. Well, Florida was a team there that, uh, that Friedman mentioned, and uh, that could be really interesting, right? Like, do they want to make big changes after getting swept? Because listen, you get... You finish the season as the best team in the NHL and then get swept in the second round. You're happy with what you did, obviously, in the regular season, but you're definitely not happy with how things ended getting swept uh, to your to your Florida rival, I guess you could call it. I don't know if they're, they're sort of rivals, I guess, right? Those two teams. I don't know. Battle uh, of uh, Florida. Yeah, exactly. Could you imagine? And I, I know he's 26 and they want like a bit younger. Could you imagine if they somehow got Aaron Eckblad from the Panthers? Oh, man, I don't know about yet. That's not going to happen. Oh, but I tell you what, I don't think they'd be able to get Mackenzie Weger either because they're super high on him. But that dude can move the puck. Yeah. Man. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, if that was anything interesting in that situation, that would be huge. Um, also, they have they have some decent prospects. Um, the Florida Panthers do. So, like, they could end up moving on some of these young players. But um, I also think that, you know, them making a big move for Claude Giroux was also something that's going to be kind of tough for them to really put together a package. But I still look at. You know, I look at the New Jersey team that uh, that Friedman also mentioned there. They have that second overall pick. Like, I don't know what the deal would be for JT Miller. I think the second overall pick is more valuable than JT Miller on the trade market. Am I wrong there? Do you think? No, I don't think so. Like, how much would the Canucks have to add in that spot? I, I think that's it's very interesting. But at the same time, like, if you are the New Jersey Devils and you're like, listen, we we got all these players, we're having these breakout years from our young guys. 
JT Miller would be huge to add to this group. You know, I'm sure that Jack Hughes has heard about what JT Miller is like in the locker room and would like to have him added on his line potentially. You know, him taking faceoffs and Jack Hughes playing center. Again, kind of like the situation with the lotto line with Elias Pettersson. Like, you think Jack Hughes would love that? Absolutely he would to see what he could do on a power play. But I just, I don't know where where the Canucks have to get, what they have to give to get to that second overall pick. And that's the thing that I think would be in play uh, if it were to be JT Miller. So I just think that that's too much to kind of ask at this point. But I still think the two front runners, like, it's got to be the Rangers. And I still think that the just the overall prospect pool and assets that the LA Kings have. I don't think that their playoff loss is going to affect a team as much as like it will with the Florida Panthers. But I do think that the LA Kings have to look at what they just did this past year and think, Hey, maybe we do have a chance to kind of make pushes, little pushes, not like a huge push and and really blow up everything, but they have enough to, to be able to make a push for JT Miller and still have a good prospect pool. I know that they still have players coming back. I know they have Kapari is a really good example of a guy who fits right into the roster. Obviously, on the back end, they have a lot of guys like Dursey and uh, Helga Grands and uh, and Brock Faber being three players on the right side that, you know, they just they need to move. Like, I don't think, well, they don't need to move one, but they have Drew Doughty locked down. Like, they could very easily move a top right D prospect. Uh, they also have uh, some extra draft picks as well. Like the Kings makes so much sense to me, but the Rangers seem to be the team that we hear about the most. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here with JT Miller. And I'm kind of with, you know, I think a lot of people are with what Friedman said. It's just so complicated and tough for the Vancouver Canucks to find an extension that works, you know, for the years and the money for JT Miller. It just, it's going to be so hard with, you don't know the Canucks's future really with just not being able to add all these assets that you could get from JT Miller, that it makes it so difficult to fully invest in this guy. Cause I don't know what the Canucks are going to be like next year. Like, yeah, they, they're probably going to play better hockey than they did with Travis green in the first 25 games, but are they going to be able to play as good as they did with Bruce Boudreaux in the final stretch as they did this past season? Like, I don't know if that's what they are exactly next year either. There's still a lot of questions about this team. So it's to me, the move is to move, JT Miller if, and see what you can do because I just think the return for the Vancouver Canucks the way it can set them up to actually have a real solid plan on when they want to be competitive moving on from JT Miller gets you closer to a Stanley Cup in my eyes okay we'll take a break on the other side we've got a facility pod Colson interview to break down you break it down on Canucks Army and then you've got an update on Lucas Forcell so keep it locked keep it loaded on Canucks conversation all right if you want to advertise with us, shoot us a message uh, at Chris Faber 39 on Twitter, at Quadrelli on Twitter. You can use the podcast account as well, whatever empty. you like. Feels a little empty in there. Feels a little empty in that break, doesn't it? Uh, Working on some stuff. Yeah. We've got a poll question, which we'll get to in a second here. Uh, but first, Chris, I want to talk about this silly Pod Colson interview that you broke down for Canucks Army. Pod Colson spoke with Russian sports website Sport24. And he had a few things to say about his time in the NHL. Uh, you know, talked about how he's going to go live uh, in Moscow for a bit, visit his family, and then they're gonna. Go, him and his wife Sasha are gonna go to St. Petersburg, uh, which is where they live during the off season. So they're gonna go uh, together. He spoke about his NHL season and kind of how the wheels fell off toward the end, which is very funny because we all talked about how great he was toward the end of the season, right? And he spoke about how he got really tired in the off season. And some of the advice he got from his Canucks teammates was that he shouldn't be ramping it up until about August. Right. And he was saying that he was doing it in July. You remember this kid played a lot of hockey before he came to the Canucks. Right. So you have to keep that in mind as well. 
uh, Pod Colson saying that instead of starting in mid-July, uh, he's going to start in mid-August um, to get on the ice and really ramp things up. So, good to see fervently Pod Colson that he's learned something in his rookie season. Yeah, I think he learned a lot. Uh, just kind of hearing from the quotes here, it's so good to to hear like Pod Colson give these long answers because like he, he gave a really good interview at the end of the season for sure. And that was something that he was kind of surprised about as well and talked about in the interview that he did was like he didn't think he'd be doing an interview in English, uh, but because of a lot of support and everybody kind of egging him on to, to speak more English and try and do it, even if he was screwing up, it was cool to hear how he brought up Quinn Hughes like multiple times. And obviously like we'll bring up the funny quote of like, Quinn Hughes took him to the movie Dune, which is like a pretty confusing movie in its own. And the fact that they like, he said he didn't understand anything for two and a half hours there. And then Quinn came out and was like, oh, I didn't understand very much from there either. So uh, that was kind of a funny uh, tweet that I had the other day, tweeting out the quote of that. But it was interesting. Like the quote that he had was like, over the course of the season, I've grown as a hockey player and as a person living eight and a half months in another country where everything was new for me is helpful. I'm happy with that. And in hockey terms, it could have been better, but I talked a lot with the coach, with the management and with the guys, everyone says, just keep working and it's going to be okay. You have everything you need to be a good player in this league. And I live with that thought. He said really cool quote. And this was something we've brought up before, but he brought up again when he met Alex Ovechkin, that Ovechkin said, listen to Bruce. He's a good coach and he'll get you where you want to go if you listen to him. Uh, And Pod Colson talked about that being a big reason why he trusts Bruce Boudreaux so much. And, you know, um, when Pod Colson was papered down to Abbotsford or was told he was going to be papered down to Abbotsford, he kind of freaked out a little bit. He wasn't too happy about that. But Bruce talked him through it. Uh, Bruce explained why this is custom. This is a good thing for him. Uh, and Pod Colson was on board by the end of it. So Bruce Boudreaux has been a fantastic coach for Vasily Pod Colson to have. Uh, Vasily Pod Colson, you can tell by these quotes. Again, full stories on CanucksArmy.com. Uh, you can tell by these quotes that, you know, Vasily Pod Colson has a lot of respect for Bruce Boudreaux as a coach. Oh, absolutely. And I think that comes from, listen, Pod Colson grew up watching Alexander Ovechkin be one of the guys that he was obviously super impressed with right and like there's a player that he obviously looked up to saw him come over to the nhl and have a lot of success he had a lot of that success under bruce boudreau so pod colson is going to listen to boudreau probably just from knowing that and then to get the the kind of stamp of approval when he met alexander ovechkin that's huge as well so i think that uh it's all good news moving forward here with pod colson obviously the off season is going to be a good Good time for him to get back with his family, see everybody, uh, and then come back. I know he's, he also spoke about uh, working on getting some visas um, for his family to be able to come visit, and he said how nice that would be if you know his wife, uh, her family, and his family, they can all come and visit them uh, in Vancouver down the road as well. So good good stuff there, and uh, I like the confidence from the kid too. He talked about it, and he said maybe this is going to sound arrogant, but I didn't think I was – going into or I didn't go in with the idea that I could be sent down to the AHL like he came here to play in the NHL he did that all season long and overall like the season you have to look at it from Vasily Pod Colson it was excellent right he ends up finishing with 14 goals I think was it 12 of them at even strength yeah like he ends up putting up a lot 20 23 points 23 of his 26 points are at even strength and to think that he's going to get an even bigger opportunity next year to be actually on some special teams units, whether that's penalty kill or power play. I know the penalty kill is not going to add a ton to his point totals, but 
you'd have to think that he's going to develop into a guy who can add on both of those special teams units. I think he was already at the point where I thought he was going to come in and get an opportunity on the PK before he did on the power play. But he was a guy that got some power play time, and I think that's going to be huge next year. I'm just, where do you think he is next year? Like uh, in the lineup, is he a top six player yeah. on day one? <laughs> yeah, day, so. day one. Well, you think? Well, hang on a sec. Are the Canucks trading JT Miller, Chris? Are they going to sign a free agent? There's a lot of things that could happen this offseason with this team, Chris. But if I'm looking at the Canucks roster right now, I'm saying Vasily Podkolzin is pushing hard for a top six spot. You have to remember Tanner Pearson's still there. And Tanner Pearson played well this season, right? You have to remember that. And the Canucks have a lot of depth. Are they running three centers? Do they keep Elias Pettersson at the wing? Uh, on Horvat's wing, rather, I should say, to start next season. Is that what you're looking at? Because there's a lot of question marks with this team, Chris, and there's still a lot of things that have to be solved in the offseason, so I don't want to give a, a prediction right now. If you're asking me, do I think Vasily Colson is capable of playing in an NHL top six next season? The answer is yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's I think he's a nice fit with Pedersen, man. I really do like having... Having Pod Colson still grow, still learn that he can be more physical than he was. And at times you saw him like really be engaged in games. And I know he spoke about that in the interview as well was like the 17 games that he didn't score a goal or the 10 games that he went without a point. It's hard. Like it's tough. It's a really, it's something that obviously you don't want to do, but that's when he leans on the things that I think he's best at. Like I think he's best at when he's forechecking hard, when he's defending in the neutral zone and, and just playing good defensively. And those are the things that he needed to work on uh, at the NHL level. And I thought he took big steps that direction. And even when you're slumping, like he, he said, like it was things that everyone kept telling him, just keep working at the defensive things and then the offense will come. And obviously it did. And there was, you know, even a stretch of games, if you remember, he had six points in three games, right? Like, that's a good step in the right direction for a kid who was in his rookie season, and he didn't play top six minutes all year long. You look at the stats, and it's not like the most impressive rookie year. I know I've seen Toronto people in my mentions uh, whine in about it, saying, oh, our rookie got 63 points. This kid, yeah, well, your rookie looks like he's about to retire in like three years. Pod I am 12. Got a long season ahead of us. Uh, a long, I mean, a long career ahead of him for Vasily Pod Colson. Michael Bunting, not so much. But Michael Bunting's got four more years till he starts getting back pain when he well, wakes up. Yeah, Michael Bunting just had his prime year. He's about to go downhill from here. <laughs> uh, I just like, yeah, Pod Colton's obviously going to get a big step in the right direction next year. I think when he plays with more guys in the top six consistently, which I, I do see happening next year too, like, it's going to be great. And I think getting that first year away from him is, is good. And you have some guys that you can trust to play depth on the wing, whether it be Nils Huglander, potentially Tanner Pearson next year. Like I think there is totally a spot for him to hop into the top six next year. And I think that should be the expectation out of camp. And it's a very different expectation now for Vasily pod Colson than it was this year. Cause coming into camp, there were still some people, you know, on Canucks Twitter wondering if he needs to go to the AHL to start. Like a lot of people. There was a, I wouldn't say the majority, but there was a lot of people uh, voicing their opinions that maybe he should be in the AHL to start. Clearly, he proved that he didn't need that. And next year, like he comes in and now there's nothing for him to prove. There's no worry in his mind about being potentially sent down to the AHL. Cause I know that that's something that he mentioned in the article as well was that, you know, a lot of Russian players worry about that when they come over here and say they don't want to go to the AHL. You know, it's literally like, I know it's it's strange to say, and with everything going on in Russia, it's hard to say, but life in the KHL is probably better than it is in the AHL. You, yeah. You've got a ton more money, obviously, invested into you in certain situations, travel and everything. Like, you know, in, in traditional times, of yeah, course. Yeah, like what I'm saying is, is just, yeah, it, it's obviously right now it's a lot different, but um, yeah, like it, that's the thing that he was worried about, and that worry shouldn't cross his mind at all next season when he comes into camp and he knows 
now it's like, well, who's he playing with now? That's his question. Is it going to be JT Miller? Is it going to be Elias Pettersson? Is it going to be Bo Horvat? It's not, am I going to be a Vancouver Canuck or an Abbotsford Canuck? It's which center am I playing with in the top nine? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because when we look at it, like I said, I think Vasily Puckholz is playing capable of playing top six minutes. But there's also a lot of guys in that lineup that are capable of playing top six minutes. And I think that's the main thing that we need to consider. Okay, Lucas Forsell. Close us out with a prospect update, Chris. Yeah, chatted with Lucas Forsell um, just yesterday, actually. Uh, love chatting with this kid, first of all. Like, I love chatting with Lucas Forsell. I think he's he's an awesome, he's a funny kid. Like, I asked him about, uh, I was like, so what happened in the uh, SHL when you scored those three goals in three games? As an 18-year-old, that doesn't happen very often. And he joked and he was just like, He's like, I think it was something that I was eating for those uh, that week there. He's like, I was eating really good for that week, and it just happened to score three goals. And then he was joking. And he said something after about it, which you'll see in the article. Uh, but he was around the SHL team as they went on a run uh, all the way to the SHL playoff championships. Uh, that's his team. Why can I? For, why am I forgetting the name here? Fajstad, Fa- I think is how you pronounce Fajstad. Fajstad. Anyways, he was you don't with pronounce that. The J. It's Fajstad. I think it's Fajstad. Okay, let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we just said it like seven different ways. One of them is probably correct. Uh, but he impressed all of their fans like with his with his ability to jump right in as an 18-year-old kid. Uh, it's too bad that he didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs. Uh, he fractured his thumb uh, at, a, at a U-20 game against the, the Czechs. Uh, and he just got the cast off. Uh, last week and he's able to get to shooting next week so he's really excited for that he's going to spend a lot of time uh, there with his SHL team training and uh, it's it's exciting news for him to come to development camp he's a player that's going to be really interesting to watch because in my eyes Lucas Forcell's the fastest rising prospect in the Canucks prospect system like he's a guy who was drafted in the seventh round and jumped into the SHL and played 30 games as an 18 year old kid like Really impressive year for him, and we've talked about it so many times. If he was born 10 days later, and he has the season that he just had playing 30 games in the SHL, we're talking about a top 50 pick. We're talking about a kid who you know, scored more goals than a lot of these Swedish players that we're going to end up seeing drafted in the top 60 of this coming draft. So Forcell's name would have definitely been in there. There's definitely some things he needs to work on, like his skating isn't at the, at the level you'd like to see for an NHL player. And I asked him about when he wants to come to North America, he has a two-year deal in the SHL that starts next year. So he's got a two-year extension that he signed this year for the next two years. After that, he's not really sold yet on uh, on coming to North America unless there's really a spot for him to to get to the NHL. It sounds like he he's like his goal, he told me, was that he wants to be in the NHL. That's his ultimate goal. Whether it takes two, five, or ten years, he wants to be there tomorrow, but he knows that it's a process and that he needs to develop on a lot of things. Definitely want to see how he plays over these next two years in the SHL because he's a kind of guy who can be like really impressive as a teenager, right? Like I said, he's 18 years old right now. He'll be 19 next year. It's going to be fun to watch him develop as a really young, talented player in the SHL. They got a new coach halfway through the year, and that's kind of what changed him getting an opportunity to play higher up in the lineup, get power play time. And, and like I said, as an 18-year-old kid, that's really impressive. And the quote that I want to bring up, uh, that he said is, I know I'm probably not going to be a point-per-game player, but maybe 15 points next year, get more ice time. I want to play big minutes every game and not be the 13th forward anymore. I want to be more than that next season. It's all about preparing myself. I want to work very hard this summer and show the new coach why I should be on that roster every game by the time the puck drops next season. Really good quote, obviously, from the kid. And, and you know he's a guy who's going to have all the chance in the world next year to jump right into that lineup. And 
speaking about development camp. He was super excited for that. A lot of other Swedish players. He's played against Linus Carlson a handful of games. He's played against Jonathan Myrenberg for a handful of games. He's excited to play on the same uh, ice with those guys, and he wants to prove himself uh, against everybody else. He says, like, a lot of these prospects uh, in the Canucks system, at least they've been able to, you know, have a Chris Higgins fly out and go watch him or have one of their scouts go out and watch them. He hasn't met anybody in person. Nobody has seen him play like in person that he talked about last year. I don't know if the Canucks had a scout in Sweden, but the way that Forsell talked to me, he said that he didn't, you know, chat with anybody in person last year. So he wants to show Canucks management, Canucks scouting staff, everybody scouting staff I slipped up there on the word. He wants to show all them. Like he wants to show his play to them with their eyes on him in the arena. That's what he was kind of talking about. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good player to watch. Like I'm excited to see him at development camp. And as as an 18 year old, he he's so young, like he's going to be pretty much the same age as this next draft class coming in. But he's already got this head start on everyone playing 30 professional games in the best league in Sweden, one of the top three leagues in the world. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch this kid. Uh, really good article uh, on Canucks Army, I think, just from the quotes from him. Uh, you can find that on Canucks Army uh, tomorrow, I think, right? Or Thursday. What's going on here? Yep. Yeah, tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Find that on Thursday. So good stuff. A lot of these kids, man, these uh these prospects are really excited for development camp. And I'm excited too, like to see to see where McDonough looks. Like, is McDonough the best player at this training camp? Or is it Linus Carlson? Like, where does this development camp I think it's gonna just be able for us to just watch every single, you know, how they possess the puck, how they pass the puck, how they receive passes, who looks like they're ready for pro hockey. We're gonna learn a lot at development camp. I'm gonna come to one day to watch that Kukos Genvo. Yep. And then have a take that he's fantastic and then leave. Yep. That sounds exactly like you. <laughs> okay. And that's right after the draft too. So like not even, let's not forget that the Canucks drafted play, whoever they draft, uh, they're all going to be there too. Yep. So that's really exciting news for, for Canucks fans. Like development camp's going to be a blast out there at EBC. Yeah. And we're excited for our coverage, uh, you know, not to toot our own horn too much, but we're excited for our coverage this off season and beyond. So go read Canucks army folks. Yeah, I got even more draft stuff. I was up late last night watching uh, a lot of the uh, the Finnish J20 League. I was watching your goalie a little bit last night. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But yeah, I know. I was watching your goalie, goalie last yeah, night. Like, you, you found it. You found a tall Finnish guy with a bad save percentage. and yep. said this is Quad's guy. And you're yeah. probably right. So we'll see. Does played, he have good length? Play, oh, he's he's got length. I was watching him yeah. last night. Yeah, he's, like that uh, knee's flush to the ice when he drops down. Yes, he's flushing a bunch of stuff. He was yeah, he's a good good goaltending prospect uh, there out of Finland. He's got 700 uh, save percentage in Liga when he got called up. So oh, he's baby. your guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Give me that name. 771. Find me that name. All right, uh, we'll close it out there for my co-host Chris Faber. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of episode 265. Yeah, and by the way, we got some uh, some fun interviews in the next uh, few shows here. I think we should be able to We're going to have some fun on 266. Yes, we are going to have some fun on uh, 266. That'll be a good episode as well as like I said, we have a Canucks prospect uh joining the show. Very excited for that one. Uh Pretty big name prospect, I'd have to say. And it's a good one uh, to get here on the show as well as uh, Adam Ingram's going to join us as well. Projected to be a top 45, top cool. 50 pick. Really liked his shot, man. Watching his shot, it reminded me of uh, like the way that Naslin kicked his left leg back when he shot. Like yeah. it, it just, remi- I'm not saying that he's going to become Marcus Naslin, but just I haven't seen that like real that real leg kick behind a strong wrist shot in a while that reminded me of, uh, of my favorite Canuck of mm-hmm. all time, Marcus Naslin. Okay. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. 
Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?